Hey everybody, we made it to another another day. Two days in a row. Still 10 minutes late, so I apologize for that. But I'm here. Day two of the Daily Show. We'll see how this goes. Topic for today is uh, a comment that I got, I think yesterday. And I'll hit that in a moment. So let me just double check to make sure everything is up and operational. If you, and I forgot to send the text notification, but if you, whoops, wrong button. If you want to get on that, just text DSD live one word to 844-598-0012. That's DSD live 844-598-0012 to add you on to that. So I'm going to uh, turn the phone lines on today. Actually, they, technically they're up and operational. So you can call into the show if you dial 1424-373-5483. That's uh, 1424-373-5483 or 1424-DSD-LIVE. If you are outside of the United States or you don't want to use your phone, you can use a web interface. And on the video description, there is the link to make that work. And hopefully that still works. So I had somebody ask me yesterday about uh, auto captions or captions. And I thought that I had that turned on. So if anybody ever uses the captioning feature, if you can try that and let me know, and then I'll have to try to figure out how to make that actually work. Because apparently uh, I must have turned something off. Anyway, so hopefully technology does not thwart me today. So the comment that I want to, the topic I want to hit, this is a comment I got yesterday. It says, I don't know about you, Dwayne, but I feel like these personality types are attracted to us because we are good people, easier to take advantage of. And I wanted to just discuss this for a moment because what you have to understand is toxic people are constantly testing people. They're constantly putting things out there and, you know, putting and and making data point measurements. I mean, they're doing this subconsciously though. And what they're doing is they're, they're dropping little, tests and they're checking to see how you respond a person with good solid healthy boundaries who won't put up with it or who demonstrates that they won't put up with it typically one of two things happens first thing is is the person who's testing realizes hmm this person is going to be more complicated to play games with So I'll move on to another target. And then the person that doesn't demonstrate that they have healthy boundaries, then they keep pushing. And they, it's like fishing. So they realize, Hey, this is an area where I have some good targets. And as they progress, they just cultivate those people. Unfortunately, that would be us. So, 
you can still be a good person and have healthy boundaries. It's when you don't have the healthy boundaries or you have the childhood of origin where you've been programmed and conditioned that everyone has issues. Nobody's perfect. You know, these behaviors are just normal. And in, in your mind, you're rationalizing that that's what you grew up with. I mean, I, I had the same scenario. When I started realizing that my relationship, my LTR, was, for lack of a better word, toxic, I made excuses for it. I remember, I remember, I can't remember where I was or what the smells were, but I can remember thinking, damn it, this is not what I wanted, but I love this person. They love me. That's more than I ever had at my, you know, my, my family. We've chosen each other. So there's a, you know, this isn't family. This is a choice. This is, we picked each other. So I rationalized and made excuses for it when I should have been running for the hills. What you will notice typically is a person who has been raised with a healthy example of what relationships are, which also means that they have healthy boundaries. If they get into a toxic relationship, and it does happen, it generally doesn't last very long. Pretty much within two years, it's over. Now, the problem is, oftentimes, in that period of time, you can have children with this person. So now you have an anchor that uh, makes things a hell of a lot more complicated. I have a buddy of mine who recently went through, through this, a younger gentleman, and he was able to discern that something was seriously wrong and take actions to protect himself before there was a huge entanglement uh, and effectively was able to make a clean break. And I, I, in my mind, and I asked this person, I'm like, well, how is your family? It's like, my family's great. Parents married, never divorced, you know, great example, uh, yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, well, then you're following that pattern that, uh, following that pattern that normally, normally happens. Whereas you take someone like me who didn't have that and it takes two decades. <laughs> so if you're in this, in this scenario and you're realizing that, holy crap, I've been in a decade long relationship that you're starting to realize is toxic now, don't beat yourself up. There's some extenuating circumstances that have, that have occurred that have enabled you to have this experience, but you're following a path that, uh, that is very typical are following, following a path, following a trend. And, you know, I, I mean, I hate that. I mean, I, I wish I would have, I mean, I, I can look back and I can, uh, Wish I would have ran for the hills, you know, within the first few months. But, you know, we have to experience what we have to experience. So, to sum summarize that, uh, yeah, they are attracted to people they can manipulate. And I'll, my final thought on this, just one I want to just throw out there, 
This is why in the discard phase of this, the smear campaign, why that happens is because when they realize that they no longer have the power to manipulate and control you, they have this fear that, oh my God, this person is going to expose me. So if I destroy this person, if I ruin their credibility, if I can find a way for them to implode on themselves, then I will be able to control the narrative and ensure that I am not exposed, which is the, that's the catalyst for the smear. So, and that's why that generally happens. Yeah, let me see if I can, in an instant. It's like one minute you're in the illusion and the next minute you're a horrible human that, you know, kills kittens. So anyways, that was the intro topic for today. You have to let me know what you think about that. Uh, I see there's a handful of folks here this morning. I did not do a very good job of scheduling the stream before I did it. I forgot about that. And this morning I'm like, oh, I forgot to do something. So I apologize for that. So I'm sure that that did not help. Uh, I will attempt to schedule tomorrow's show earlier or later today so that it's sitting there and you know that it's scheduled. So we have a few people hanging out with us right now. M says, good morning, everybody. Good morning to you. Whoops, I hit the wrong button. Good morning to you, M. Tim says, I'm the one watching. Well, thank you so much, sir. You are generally the first comment. You were beaten today. You're slacking. Uh, M says, the captions do work, and so does Carrie. And uh, says, captions work fine. Well, thank you so much for that. So I have to, I'm not sure, and you guys are, if you're doing, let me ask this question. And I apologize for the people who are on the replay and the uh, on Spotify, the podcast. Are you doing that on this one right now? And it's auto captioning right now. Curious about that. So the person who is asking is from a different country, and English isn't their their first language. So they need the captions to help, um, you know, understand what's going on. And I thought, like what you guys have said, that it did, it worked during the live stream. But you know, it, I have been I have been on a bit of a hiatus, so there is a the potential that things have changed. Luckily, I was able to make my coffee this morning. That probably delayed me a little bit. Hakuna uh, come Hakuna Matata. Easy for me to say. It says, hi, all. Hi, all to you, sir. Uh, M says, we don't see what people are capable of until we are out of the relationship and in the courtroom. That is unfortunately so true. I remember a comment from my father early on in this process uh, when this thing all started. He says, you are in a war and you need to figure that out quickly. You know, and this is going to be your worst enemy. And I, I did not fully comprehend that comment at that time. But shortly afterwards, whenever I started to see what was occurring, 
I realized, holy crap. So like, I'm going to bring that back up. M said, you know, what M was saying is, is we do not see what these people are capable of until we are out and in a courtroom. Sometimes it's even before that because you start to hear the rumors. You start to get little tidbits of information that your reputation is being viciously attacked. So, Tim says, yep, my mom had the same issue, just a different style of narcissism. Yep. M says, my biggest fear is that even after my son's turn turns 18, my ex will still find a way to infiltrate my life in a negative fashion. Unfortunately, I will say that that is a, uh, well, let me back up. There's a couple of ways this plays out. I would say oftentimes, because see, these people are all about connection and you know coercive control. So when you're in family court and you have a minor child, it's super easy to because you're stuck. You can't, I mean, unless you just walk away. And even if you walk away, more than likely, they will go after you for support, money, uh, all that kind of stuff. So there's not really an easy way to get away from these people. Now, when the kids turn 18, you have the ability to say, peace out, I'm done. But then what happens oftentimes is, it's funny, I, I remember talking to somebody about this and they were, uh, it was a, a wife who, you know, married and her husband had children and it was toxic. And, and she was telling me, she goes, yeah, you know, it was a real nightmare, knockdown, drag out. And then, uh, you know, but everything got better. And I said, kids turn 18, child support ended. And she kind of paused for a moment and she went, oh my God. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. You know, it's like, so that's sometimes what will happen is whenever, because at that point, they no longer have the ability to jab you in the eye. <clears throat> so they have to try, they have to change tactics in an attempt to keep you in their life. Now, let's see, I'm, the other flip side to this, going back to M's comment, it depends on it depends on the relationship your child has with the other parent. I've had this issue where my kids continually don't believe the situation and just love to share what's going on in my life with their mom and then that complicates things <laughs> uh, which is what I think I'm dealing with right now not necessarily because of their mom but as a result of information transferred to multiple people hopefully when your kids get older they start to understand that you know hey something's wrong here and then they can just not do that <clears throat> but um, I've had that occur 
So that's a possibility. But if you're if you're 18 year old or when your son turns 18 um, and you have a good solid relationship and they don't bring that in, then you'll have a better chance of that. But it's it's really going to depend. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, the flip side to it is if they have any connection, legal connection, money, you know, support payments, uh, if they can be a pain about college uh, or some other fee, they, they will use that as a wedge to try to maintain a connection as well. So, Prisoner 105 shows a coffee cup. Thank you, sir. Hopefully you have your coffee because I have mine. Uh, Carrie says, the captions are working now, right now. Thank you. Says, but I'm reading them in English, so who knows? Now, I think the person was, hmm, hmm. I think they wanted them in English, but I am not sure. That's a good question. I'll have to ask that. Thank you. Thank you for that clar uh, clarification. Appreciate it. David says, unfortunately, we can never underestimate the narcissist. Not that they're, uh, not that they're smart, but that they are evil. And I will add on to that, David, that they have a lifetime of practice of subconsciously doing these things. So they do them on an instinctive level. I think oftentimes we think we're dealing with a mastermind genius. And the reality is, is we're dealing with somebody who just has a lifetime of repetition, honing their skill, honing their ability to manipulate, honing their ability to change perspective, not perspective, but change their tactics quickly. And that's really tough to compete with whenever you're trying to be genuine. You're trying to be, you know, an honest, emotionally, per, you know, I would say emotionally available, but maybe that's not the right word, but a person who is not playing a game. You're a person who's trying to communicate your real thoughts and emotions. And when you're dealing with somebody who can flip things around in a moment and play games and as a master at it, it, it feels like you're in la la land. But I will say with, to, to go back with what David was saying. Yeah, I, I did initially underestimate their, in my situation, the ex's ability to be a self-centered, selfish person without any recourse, recourse, without any uh, empathy or thought of what their actions were doing to everybody. Again, we've, we've discussed this in the past. They're... <clears throat> The drama that they create in our minds takes more energy and effort than it would be just to play nice. And it's, 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 it drives you crazy because you're like, what the, what the hell, you know? 
What, what is going on? Anyways. All right, let's see what uh, Kayla says. Kayla says, DSD, I've watched hours upon hours of your content. You helped me so much during my high-conflict divorce over a year ago. I don't need the content anymore. Well, thanks for hanging out and just saying hello. Just wanted to say thank you for the show. Well, thank you so much for uh, for stopping by. I appreciate it. And I'm glad I'm glad the show was helpful for you. That's that's the whole point of this. And unfortunately, what you just said is is <laughs> horrible business model. Let's create something that is a revolving door that will never grow or you know has the limited ability to <clears throat> grow and sustain uh, a bunch of people. <laughs> But I appreciate you saying that. I, I, it's good to get comments like this, uh, Kayla, just so that other people who are in the in in the and I'm sure this probably worked for you too a year ago when you when you came on when you would see, you know, the the topics make sense and resonate with you, and then you see other people who have gone through it and are talking about getting on the other side. And then you're like, oh, okay, wow, there is a way through this. You know, this nightmare can um, maybe not end. But it can it can adapt, and you can change it. You you can change. We can change in a way to minimize and mitigate the effect of their chaos. So thank you so much for saying that. Prisoner one hundred five says you will easily you will easily attract another narc if you don't change yourself first. Absolutely true. There's a lot. Uh, there's a lot more people like this than we want to admit. Yeah, but they're not always, it's not everybody. I agree with you, but I will say that there is a, there is a, a danger that you, when you start looking at this and you think, oh my God, everybody is this way. Remember that when we get caught up in these situations, oftentimes what happens is we inadvertently surround ourselves with these type of people. We surround ourselves with them romantically. Uh, more than likely, our family falls into this category. Then, unfortunately, our friends oftentimes will fall into this category. And the reason is, is because you don't have the boundaries to put up healthy boundaries, to put up the appropriate walls, defenses. Maybe that's not the right choice of word, but... Filter. Let's say filter. You don't have the appropriate filter to say, you do not get to be in my life. You're okay. You're okay. You are Satan. <laughs> so, uh, and, 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 I, and I bring that up and I kind of bring it up in a joking manner, but the reality is, and it's the same problem with me, is it gets very isolating because you're like, holy crap, the entire world is a bunch of self-centered narcissistic assholes. And it's just because we've been surrounding ourselves with that. Like for, for instance, okay, I'll use this example. I like to, I like to camp, right? I got my, my, uh, let me see if I can pull this up. Uh, I got, let's see. I have my, my camp channel over here that I go camping with. And you know what I've noticed? Everybody likes to camp. Everywhere I turn, there are people who have trucks and overlanding stuff, and they're going out. Uh, I have subscribers on this channel, on the other channel, who are interested in this stuff. So I can surmise that everybody 
is into this stuff and wants to be into this stuff. And, you know, everyone's that way. The reality is probably a good portion of you watching and listening right now have zero interest in that. So it just, it, it just makes sense that you would start to, whoops, hit the wrong button, uh, that you would start to uh, surround yourself with people that are reinforcing what you, what you think life is. And if, if it's a, being around toxic people, you will draw them into, into, your, into your life. So just change, you, you just have to change it. And purging through that takes time. It can be very depressing because it feels like you're all alone. But what will happen is, and this is what's happened with me, you start shifting to being around better people. Now it's like, you know, I don't have a lot of toxic people in my life. Now I'm thinking about it. I'm like, I try trying to, you know, I mean, yes, there are some that I have to deal with at work that I can't get away from. But in my private life, it's like I don't interact with those people anymore. And I'm still meeting new people, right? And I mean, you know, I keep, uh, what's the right word? I, um, I'm selective, but I mean, I'm not like closed off. It's not like I won't talk to anybody. And I like, you know, everyone I meet, I'm like, you're an ass. You know, this person is an, you know, it's going to have to prove that they're not an ass. You know, I go in like, okay, I think basically everyone's good. I have my spidey senses on. And if I see something, I'm not, and I don't even make an issue of it at the time. I don't go, you, you are an evil narcissistic asshole. I just listen to him. I smile and I'm like, oh, okay, hey, have a nice day. And I go that way and I don't engage with them anymore. So anyways, oh, I forgot to turn on my do not disturb. So I'm getting all kinds of notifications popping up. So uh, uh, Brad Sif, I don't know if I'm saying that right, says, I've been through the fire of family court. Sorry, sir. Uh, to the best, to my best effort and 20K in the hole, I only manage to have my kids every other weekend and one day in the week after school for two hours. It's hard to take. Yeah, and I, <clears throat> on that, that, that would be, that would take time to dial, delve into the uh, details of your, your thing. There's often, Age of the kids can play a big part. Um, I have seen recently where we have a few viewers who um, have, who are men who have under or had under two year old children, which that's really tough. A lot of times you get 50 50 and we're able to get 50 50. I was actually surprised by that. Uh, you know, the other complicated thing that can happen is you know do you establish that every other weekend is the uh, um, is the norm you got to be really careful of that and and that's exactly typically what how this whole thing played and this is what played out in my my scenario right I was kind of doing the every other weekend thing and had a couple of dinner visits and during the week and as soon as the ex realized oh my god I gotta I gotta limit that I gotta set the stage that you sir you are only every other weekend. The kids can visit you 
<laughs> she got in trouble for that with the, uh, the, uh, evaluator, <clears throat> excuse me. They, it's like, um, you know, cause it was like literally, you know, pack your clothes, you know, uh, it was just really setting up that stage and she got blamed for that one. And, uh, and then it's a problem of, of, you know, can you, do you have the ability to have the kids more time? I, I mean, I knew as soon as I realized this was going to be a knockdown drag out, I was doing everything to demonstrate and ensure that I could handle having the kids more time. I didn't start out living on someone's couch. I had a place that had the rooms for, uh, for the kids. I didn't move far away. <clears throat> I stayed close. I did everything to make it easier for the court to say, oh, okay, this guy is doing everything to jump through all the flaming hoops. And maybe you did, Brad. I'm not sure. Excuse me. Sorry about that. I will say, I do want to say that the, uh, we don't have a lot of time left, but the phone lines are active. If you want to dial into the show, you can do that by calling 1-424-373-5483. And we can have a conversation live on the show. That's one 424 373 five, four, eight, three. So yeah. Uh, Ted says, Dwayne, I love when you do these lives. Well, thank you. I appreciate the support. Like we get to just get to get the numbers up and, uh, I will keep doing this. We're on day two of bringing this back. Was not easy to crawl out of bed today. I will say, but I am enjoying doing these. Kate says, how many people with toxic exes are going through it now because it's the holidays? I know I am for, whoa, whoa, no, don't ban this person. Uh, I know I am for a second Christmas in a row. They can do all this all without consequences. Oh, Kate, that is such a true statement. I swear to God, it seems like they are Teflon Dons and are not able to, not able, that's ain't the right word, but, but nothing sticks to them. The kids get, and I, I understand now why, I mean, the kids typically give a pass to the toxic person because we are safe. We are dependable. The other person is not. Their love is conditional and the kids are in this hyper-focused mode of managing that relationship to mitigate the consequences of not you know, not, uh, playing nice. And it, it, it actually drives you crazy because you, you, you think, well, the kids would realize this is a nightmare. This is stability. Why would, you know, why would they choose to stay in the nightmare? Well, unfortunately it's a, uh, uh, pattern of behavior that's, I would say, well-documented. I would, well, okay, I say that, but I mean that anecdotally. I guess I don't have hard evidence, but 
But what I will say is the trends that I have seen is this is the pattern that, that plays over and over and over again. And I think a lot of it is, is that the kids are trying to prove to themselves, they know that you love them, but they're trying to discern, not discern, but they're trying to prove to themselves that they are worthy of love from this toxic person who they know or think instinctually that the person should have their back and they don't. It's a, it's a tough one in, and and I didn't, you, Kate, you may not be talking about that, but I mean, but that manifests in how can they screw up? How can they make it complicated? And it could be as something as simple as you're trying to work out schedules and they're saying no, or they're not saying anything, or they're saying, you know, well, that ain't going to work for me. We're going to do this, or I have this scheduled, you know, that type of thing. Kate, I hope you figure out a way through this to minimize it for yourself and your kids. Uh, unfortunately, these folks have a unique ability to crap on every situation and make it uh, and taint everything. But you can focus on that. And I did for a while in the early part of this. It just used to irritate the crap out of me. Or you can mitigate it. Do that. <laughs> <laughs> that that helps you take your life back and uh, turn things around faster. M says to Kate, my ex has literally ruined a decade of holidays for my son. Now that he is 15, he seems depressed during the holidays and doesn't really care much about Christmas anymore. Oh my God, M. I can relate to, as a, as a child from this, I can relate. Wow. This is like throwback, throwback Tuesday. I used to hate the holidays because for me, it was a freaking nightmare when I was a kid. It was always stressful, didn't know where I was going to go, what was going to happen. I couldn't relax about it. It was just, it was tension all the way up leading to, to the holidays. I hated it. And that, that did linger with me uh, into adulthood to where I didn't really like the holidays. The only, actually, the only holiday I ever remember liking was the 4th of July. And in thinking about it with your comment, M, is that was the only holiday that didn't really involve both parents. Wow, I hadn't thought about that. I mean, technically Halloween and all that stuff didn't either. But, but Christmas, New Year's, nightmare. <clears throat> and it does, it ruins it. And it's, and it's just because they can, you know? So I'll have to ask my kids about that to see how they feel about the holidays. My ex used to do crazy. I, I, I probably mistakenly had it written into the court order that whoever has the kids for the break or whoever doesn't have the kids for the, for the break, you know, like every other year, Gets the kids for a few hours on Christmas. Christmas was always a big thing. You know, I mean, that's a big thing for everybody. But I mean, that was a, a big thing. And I wanted to make sure that the kids got to see both parents. First year, first, first year, like before the divorce was even final. For, <laughs> I mean, just this is just priceless, right? So first year, 
few months in to the divorce, the ex is like, well, you can, you can have the first Christmas. And she leaves. She goes, she, she, <laughs> she tells the kids, you know, I'm going to go hang out with my family. And they're like, uh, what, where, where are your family? You know, where are your kids? What, what are you talking about? And she, she left. So for the holiday, Christmas and New Year's, gone. Maybe she came back for New Year's. And then the next year when it was her time, I get it, you know, like months before the break, it's like, you know, just to let you know, hey, Dwayne, you know, letting you know the kids and I are going out of state. And this was back in the day before I understood what was going on. So I'm like, the hell you are, you know, court order says, you know, whoever doesn't have the kids gets to see them on Christmas day for a few hours. Well, I don't agree to that. I mean, it was just, it was so stereotypical. You know, I mean, it was, you know, somebody made a comment the other day about um, their ex finding loopholes and reading things, you know, a way that no one would read it. And that's exactly what she did. She says, well, a, the court order says that, you know, whoever doesn't have the kids gets the kids on a mutually agreed time. And her, her thought was, well, I don't agree that you get to see the kids on Christmas Day, so you don't get to see the kids. It's not mutually agreed. And I'm like, what la-la land are you in? And, and the sad part is uh, when I saw the kids after this diatribe, you know, this dialogue was going back and forth, they were upset about it. You know, they wanted to see both, both of us. And I made the mistake because uh, I was still talking to her then. And I'm like, you know, well, if we were trying to compromise or work something out, we'd come up with a different thing like, you know, I get the kids on Christmas Eve. <clears throat> and she's like, okay, great. And I'm like, wait, what? I'm like, that wasn't, that wasn't a deal. That was an example. And she literally came over. I did Christmas on Christmas Eve that year. She literally got the kids up early Christmas morning. Not to open up presents under the tree, but to load them in the car for like a 27-hour road trip. I shit you not. Insane. And actually, now that I think about it, she didn't bring the kids back. Uh, when I say that, what she did is she um, didn't bring them back in time from school. She extended her vacation to make up the days that, that I forced her to lose I mean, I can smile about it now just because the 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 insanity of it. I'll tell you guys. I mean, you know, try, your your best bet on this is make decisions that work well for you and your kids. You know, like like for instance, now my kids back then, they wanted, um, they were upset, even though she was saying, "Oh, they're so excited, they want to go." You know, yada yada yada. When the kids came over. None of them were like, oh my God, we're so excited. We can't wait to go on this road trip. It's going to be awesome. We get to see all of our cousins and yada, yada. I mean, if they would have done that, I would have backed off because it's a losing bet. Then I would just be basically saying no to be an ass. But since they were like, no, we want to spend, you know, this is what it's supposed to be. This is what we want to do. So, so they didn't, I mean, like I said, we, we compromised for that year, didn't do that ever again. And I will also say that for years after that, when I had the kids, I always would make sure that I was physically here so that the kids were available to see her 
for a few hours on Christmas Day. And what she would do for the first few years, she'd leave. She'd freaking the second she could drop the kids off, she was on a plane. Uh, typically, she was flying out. People were flying her out. And uh, would be gone. But she wouldn't tell me, right? So I, I mean, I could have, I could have, you know, <clears throat> well, other than I didn't have money. But, uh, you know, there were people who were like, you know, hey, you know, bring the kids up here. You can hang out. I'm like, well, the problem is, is that that's too far away. And I wouldn't be able to bring, you know, if she does want to exercise her time on Christmas Day, I wouldn't be unavailable. So I focused on that, you know, so. And even when, when uh, for whatever reason, when she did start sticking around a few years later, there was never any discussion about it. You know, it was like always the day before or whatever, like, oh, you know, how about 10 or how about 11? You know, so it was like it was impossible to plan things. But again, that's what they they can. They have a unique ability to make <laughs> make everything as complicated as possible. Ted says no contact is the only way. If you can do no contact, do no contact. If you have kids, unfortunately, you have to do hybrid no contact uh, which is the next best thing. Kate says to M, uh, we, we have learned to keep it zipped about anything important, but we can't hide known holidays. Can we? Yeah, true. But what you have to do is just hide the details of what you're doing. Right. I mean, we've talked about that. I think we, that we were talking about that yesterday. How, if you, if you overshare what's going on, then they will do something to either replicate, do it first, or to program the kids or, or plant the seed and set the idea in their mind that they don't want to do, like to do, uh, whatever it is they they uh, that you're trying to do. And I think most of us learn that the hard way, to be honest. Ted says, quote, Train yourself to let stupid people win arguments. Uh, Bedros Cullion, I think that's who you're saying. Haven't heard that. I, I've heard that quote before, but uh, yeah, it's choosing your battles, you know. And what I will also say that was hard for me to figure out: letting him, letting the opponent think they're winning. Nothing will drive them. <laughs> See, the hard part is, is you want to drive them crazy. So initially, you're going to want to push their buttons. You're going to want to go boop in their eye and try to demonstrate to them that, uh, you know, they're not winning. I did that. Oh, my God. That just made things worse. It was like, you know, challenge accepted. When I finally just said, you know what? I don't care if she thinks in my situation that, uh, that they're winning. I don't care. You can think that. If, if you if you get your little smug, because it used to bug me, the smug little look, the ha-ha, I got you, would drive me crazy. Uh, when I realized that, uh, let her think that, and she leaves me alone, that was a game changer right there. M says, the biggest mistake I made early on in my case years ago was thinking that if I just acted like a good person, then the universe would be on my side. 
I have a thought on that. You go on to say, that is not the case. You must play the game. Eh, this is my thought. And I understand what you're saying because I did feel that way myself. But now looking back on the last couple of decades, well, decade for the divorce stuff, I think because of the of the way I handled myself that the things that occurred happened the best way that they could. Now, now what I mean by this is I'm trying to think of a good example. I, and I'll use this one. This probably isn't a great example, but, but uh, like my battery dying. Every time I had a failure uh, of something, it would happen in the best scenario around friends, you know, at my house. Uh, I mean, I had one time where I was driving up, a friend of mine had a heart attack. So I was bonsaiing up to Vegas to get to the hospital because we didn't think he was going to make it. He did make it. Uh, and <laughs> I drove all the way up there. I even stopped at one point to use a rest area, jump back in my truck, drove to the hospital, got to the, got to the hospital and my truck battery gave up the ghost. Could have happened in the middle of the desert. Could have happened any place else, but it happened where I had other people around and it was not a big deal. The next day I just had a, uh, you know, another person that was there drive me over, got a new battery, no, you know, problem averted. So I think, I think that be true to yourself. Um, yes, you can't interact with these people the way you would like to. They force you to play the game and you do, and I agree with you on that. You do have to play the game because if you don't, they can mow you over, but you don't have to dive into the evil that they're doing. Cause I think if you do that, I think the universe will make you pay in my opinion. Curious what you think. Kate says, you think you have gained wisdom and know to expect the worst. Yet I am shocked at how they can manipulate and lie like getting a quick ex parte court ruling. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, I, I hear, man, I hear you on that. There were so many times where something would happen and I'm just like, Wow. I mean, early on, I was like, that was unexpected. And then it gets to the point where you're like, you're expecting something. I went through a phase where they would do something. And I'm like, huh, didn't, you know, okay. All right. That's a unique thought process or, uh, you know, train of events, but, uh, okay. Yeah. I could see them doing that. It just sucks whenever they still have the ability to go to court because, it, it empowers them. I was fortunate for whatever reason, the court experience, the ex, my ex did not enjoy that. So, you know, running back to court was not her go-to. <clears throat> Maybe it was just, you know, she thought she was going to win and, and lost. And as a result of that, going back seems scary. I don't know. It's not like I'm ever going to ask. Kay says, I'm so angry that court can be used to get rulings in their favor. I am ruled against ex parte over and over, but before the judge, the matter won't stand. 
Yeah, see, that's a tough one, right? Because then they, I mean, at, at some point, more than likely what's going to happen, Kate, is they're going to get wise to it and they're going to get annoyed with it. If you guys remember me in the past talking about uh, the proper person, Alex Falcone, that was kind of his process. He started out, was getting hammered, and then slowly started fighting back, slowly methodically exposing his ex. And ultimately, he basically got her removed, right? I mean, um, so, and then because she lost and wasn't empowered, she just scurried away and went away. Yeah, court's not great, you know, and, and people think, Kate, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm assuming I, I, I should remember this and I apologize. I forget. I, I, I think he, your ex is the dad. I'm not entirely sure. Maybe it's, you know, two moms. I'm not sure. If, if it is a guy, people need to understand that, you know, the, the whole idea that courts hate men. No, courts favor the toxic narcissistic person. They favor the person who can, where, where did you say this? I, I want to get this back up on the screen. They favor the person that can manipulate and lie to use the system to their advantage. They say the magic words, they string together the magic words for the spell to get a reaction from the court. You know, and that and and that's the thing. I mean, I have a client I w was working with who whose court basically finally just finished up, and his ex was playing these games, but it didn't stick. You know, never got the reduction in time, never got uh, um, uh, supervised visitation, all that kind of stuff. But I mean, drug him through a nightmare for years. The court systems favor the people who will lie and cheat and manipulate. Ted says to M, you have to step aside, step, no, sorry, you have sidestep the game and not Jade, do not, okay, I do not, oh, and do not Jade, which is do not justify, argue with them, or defend or explain. I have not heard, I think I haven't heard that before. Unless that's a Bill Eddy thing. And if it is, then technically I still haven't heard that. Kate goes on to say, I feel like that's how I lose because I am the absolute worst fighter. I'm wired to just freeze if attacked. And that's what I do. <sighs> yeah, you know, I, I'm kind of falling into that category too. That's why I had to have an attorney. Oh my God, I'm almost out of time. All right, let me, let me run through this. I wasn't paying attention to the clock. I apologize for that. Ooh, M just says, DSD, the next show that you do, can you discuss a topic of whether or not you think lawyers actually help? Yeah, I will. Um, do, do me a favor, M, in a comment on this, once this video is uh, no longer live, not in the live stream, post that. And I will, I will talk about that tomorrow because I was just getting ready to hit that topic. So, oh, this is so common. Kate says, the ex has been successful, has been successfully signing up extracurricular activities for my child on my time. I got an ex parte ruling sign that I take them 
to take them to, I guess, him and use the, that time to say I did something wrong. Oh, God. I would, you know, and on that, I mean, uh, this is probably the final thought. <clears throat> Excuse me. And there's a bunch of ifs. If the kids want to do something and you can make it happen, make it happen. Like for my situation, I signed, uh, my youngest wanted to play soccer, sign him up. But before I did it, I made sure that them only going half the time was not going to be an issue. X lost her mind because how dare you sign the kids up for something? You're going to jail. And I'm like, look, you don't have to take them. If you want to take them, great. If you don't want to, great. If you don't want to and you want me to, great. It's not an issue. So um, now had they said, if your, if your child is unable to show up for every practice, they will be dropped from the team, then I wouldn't have done it. So, but that, what you're talking about, Kate, right there is a very common tactic. Uh, that is used a lot of the time. I think typically it's used by the person who has the more time. Like, so for, let's say in your situation, you're the, you're working, you have a full-time job. The other person was a stay at home and they have the ability to, you know, be the bus driver that was kind of my situation. To be perfectly honest, I'm surprised my ex didn't do that. She just didn't want to, which is weird because she used to do that when we were married. And I'm like, it just was like, why aren't you? I mean, you, this is yours to win. <laughs> why, why aren't you burying me on this? Whatever. All right. Well, I apologize that I did not get through. Oh, wow. There's a lot of comments. Okay. So I apologize for that. Um, I don't know if I can pull these out later. I'll have to check and see. Anyways, on that, because I got to get ready for work, guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with me on this fine Tuesday morning. Uh, I want to say thank you to all the channel members who help keep the studio thing running and the lights on. I really appreciate your support. As soon as I can figure out how to get the animated thing going up again, I will start doing that. On that, I will be back. Tomorrow at 6 p.m., 6 p.m., 6 a.m. Pacific, or around that time. So join me tomorrow. And on that, have a great rest of your day. If you have questions you want me to hit for tomorrow, put them in the comments below, and I will catch you on the next one.